to The Dynamic Decade, a podcast focused on the economy, energy, and innovation. Your host today is Ron Hayes. Welcome to another Dynamic Decade podcast. I'm Ron Hayes. Thank you for joining us today. And uh, joining us is uh, one of the state senators from the state of Oklahoma, uh, Senator Kim, Kim David. Senator, first of all, maybe tell us a little bit about your years in the legislature in the state of Oklahoma. Hey, well, good afternoon, Ron. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I, I appreciate it very much. I have been in the Senate. This is my 12th year. It's hard to believe that has gone by so quickly. I have you know, started out in, in my younger years as, as being on you know, several, many, you know, several different committees and, and then became the chairman of Subappropriations on Health and Human Services did that for a little bit and then moved into um, appropriations as the appropriations chairman. I've served as a whip for the Senate. The appropriations chairman I was for two years and then of course I was the floor leader after that. Um, it's been it's been an exciting 12 years. I've seen a lot. I've been able to be in, involved in a lot and in a lot of ways I'll be sad to see it go and in other ways I'm, I'm kind of excited about what the future holds. So. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that future here in a little bit, but, but let's talk a little bit about this current legislative session. In, in Oklahoma, for folks listening to us outside of the state, uh, as they quite a few folks do here on this, this particular podcast, uh, we have uh, a, a two-year legislative session uh, that is uh, basically uh, starts uh, first week of uh, February and goes through uh, the latter part of May uh, on, on an annual basis. Uh, what's what's going on here in, in 2022 thus far? Well, um, there's been a lot going on, actually, since we're trying to wrap up the end of this two-year cycle. You know, we have a lot of, um, of course, pro-business legislation that's that's been moving through that's I mean, it's really big for Oklahoma. We've had a lot of, of interest in Oklahoma of companies moving here. So we've been working hard on making sure our tax structure is set up right to incentivize not in big business moving in, to, but to help our current businesses. You know, one of the things I've been working on, uh, we started it last year. We started um, having a, a hydrogen task force that was put together by all the industry leaders um, that was in, you know, we had petroleum companies, natural gas companies, pipeline companies, Department of Commerce. We had the universities of um, OSU and OU and TU that were involved in, in helping get together and really look at, you know, how Oklahoma could set, set themselves up, possibly being able to even be a hydrogen hub. So with all the federal dollars coming down for hydrogen, it's been an exciting time here. We have we have a lot going on. Uh, you mentioned hydrogen. I mean, you know, Oklahoma is known, of course, as an oil and gas state. Uh, we've been a rising uh, part of the wind energy uh, sector for for uh, alternative energy renewables. Uh, but but hydrogen. Who who would have thought? I mean, why why hydrogen for Oklahoma? Well, it makes perfect sense for Oklahoma because we can use our natural gas. Um, to make hydrogen, and we have an abundant supply of cheap natural gas. It's um, it's not green hydrogen. Green hydrogen is made with with of course wind or solar, but blue hydrogen, which is also very clean, and if you, and it can be green if you can do the carbon capture with that. But uh, blue hydrogen is probably the best solution for the state of Oklahoma because of our abundant supply of natural gas. Uh, we also have an abundant supply of 
uh, pipelines, and that's that's what you need. So you've got natural gas, you've got pipelines, and you've got an industry that's excited about really delving into to this field. And and we we just had great input from all sectors. I know that uh, you, you've uh, worked on several pieces of legislation and, and trying to, to incentivize some folks to be able to take advantage of the, these possibilities inside the state of Oklahoma. Yes, we we had about, um, oh, I think altogether we had about 13 hydrogen bills that moved through the system this year. And that was, those were all recommendations that were made by the Hydrogen Task Force that met during the interim. I mean, just countless hours um, that people People met. There were subcommittee meetings, then the general meetings, and out of all of that, we we did a report for the governor, the pro tem, and the speaker, and then we looked at sat down and looked at legislation and policy changes that we could do to to help this industry. You know, one of them was just as simple as letting the people of, in the state of Oklahoma and the industry leaders that are looking at Oklahoma as a possible source to be able to come in and develop hydrogen that that we were setting a goal in Oklahoma being able to produce 2 million metric tons annually by the year 2028. Commerce estimates that if we can meet this goal, we would be creating approximately 4,600 new direct jobs and 20,000 affiliated jobs here in the state of Oklahoma. So that was put out there first and foremost just to kind of let everybody know that we are serious about developing hydrogen in the state, and we have a lot of companies that are looking to move, move here because of that. How would, how would we effectively utilize that much hydrogen if we were able to produce it? There's a, there's a lot of different uses for it, and what we are really focusing on is on the commercial side in Oklahoma, being able to use it for commercial trucking um, and public transportation. You know, we're we love our electric vehicles, but the batteries are too heavy for you know, large commercial vehicles. So hydrogen is, is a great answer to that. Hydrogen, you know, a big hydrogen semi-truck just puts out steam, and that's, that's all you get out of the tailpipe. So the emissions are zero. You get a little bit of steam, and that's it. And the water, a few drops of water that come out is potable, you know, gray water. So it's it's amazing that that's all you have. So those really hot summer days where we have a, a hard time, especially in, here in Oklahoma City and in Tulsa, staying within the air quality um, control parameters that are set up by the EPA, this is a great solution for that um, to be able to help keep our air clean. And that's kind of how you also bring down the cost of hydrogen because the hydrogen fuel is a little more expensive than just compressed natural gas or or diesel, even though diesel is extremely high right now. But when you start looking at that coupling with the fact that we can keep our air standards lower so we don't get those fines for our air quality being too high, it becomes economical. A lot of potential, sounds like. I mean, very, very, really uh, is. very, very interesting part of the yeah. industry, for sure. And there are, you know, we've already got companies here, big companies here in Oklahoma that have started developing it already. So we're we're on the on the road, uh, literally uh, regarding yep. hydrogen uh, usage in, in the state of Oklahoma and this part of the country, the middle part of the country. Absolutely, this isn't something that that will be two years down the road. This is ab- this is absolutely tomorrow. I mean, 
And like I said, we, we have companies that are already starting to produce it. The next big thing besides the commercial use in, in vehicles will be the aerospace industry. You know, Oklahoma's big in the aerospace industry. That's another really big use of, of hydrogen fuel, and it's clean. We're talking today here on the Dynamic Decade with Senator Kim David from the state of Oklahoma. Uh, she is uh, currently a state senator, but uh, uh, Senator, uh, you, you've made the decision to uh, to run for a statewide office uh, here in the uh, in the coming months. Uh, uh, in the state of Oklahoma, we have something called the Corporation Commission. T- tell us about that and your decision to, to run to be a, co- a commissioner of this uh, of this uh, particular body. Oh, thank you for bringing that up, Ron. I I appreciate it very much. Um, I, I started looking at this a little over a year ago whenever started um, dealing with the big winter storm that hit a, a year ago last February, this last February. We had, um, of course, the fallout from that was went through a period of time where we had, you know, natural gas went from 250 to $3 a cubic foot to over $1,800 a cubic foot. We were having rolling brownouts. We had we were having some real difficulties even keeping the lights on, and then we had um, this huge spike in natural gas prices. The fallout from that, of course, that we started dealing with is how did we prevent families and businesses from going bankrupt having to pay this huge cost for natural gas? Those type of costs are passed directly onto the consumer and the business, and they were just exorbitant. You know, there were many families that would have been would have gotten a natural gas bill for you know, eighteen hundred dollars, where some people can pay it, um, others absolutely could could never pay that. And same thing with some small businesses. We even had some towns that were looking at going into bankruptcy. Towns that owned their own electrical, you know, their own small utility companies, they couldn't afford the bill whenever it came due on, on the price of that natural gas. And and we started working with the Corporation Commission and the Attorney General's office. And I had had a little bit of experience in, fi- in finding out how the Southwest Power Pool works just because of um, being the chairman of the GRDA task force, the legislative task force. So for years, I had, I had been involved in that. So I had gotten it a little bit of a, a touch on it then, but this really brought it home to me just how important it is to understand how how the South, Southwest Power Pool works and then how we have it set up in Oklahoma for those costs being passed directly to the consumer and how our utility companies you know, purchase power and how they store it and things like that. So I really started becoming really um, involved in it, interested in it. You know, I'd always known that the Corporation Commission you know, they regulate, of course, the oil and gas industry and our pipelines and, and regulate transportation and you know, even cotton gins. But And I knew that they regulated the utilities, but it really comes down to so much more than that when you start talking about you know, things like that winter storm in making sure that we have the right policies in place to protect the people of Oklahoma. And you know, you, you one thing you did mention. You said you mentioned GRDA. You might might explain that uh, to to our audience uh, what what that is and how important that is to the to the grid itself. Oh, absolutely. Uh, GRDA is the Grand River Dam Authority in northeastern Oklahoma. If, if you're from northeastern Oklahoma, then you know you're really familiar about you know the Grand River Dam Authority because they they're the they are the um, state owned utility that sells power to um, all of our little towns, all the municipalities up there. You know, they're very involved in also the the scenic rivers. You know, we've given them control of scenic rivers, which is the Illinois River and, 
and a lot of our state parks up there, we've given them control of that, and, and they're doing a great job of that. But it and that came through years and years of really turning around what um, GRDA does and and how they start working. You know, we they they really had to turn around about ten years ago with new board members and the new director and. It's been it's been great to see how they've turned around and and can, are really an integral part of Oklahoma in that area of our state, and working good for the people. So, I became, um, of course, when I was elected to office, that's where I'm from. That's my district, and very focused on it at that time because of some issues that were going on that you know we needed changes, and those changes were made. And since then, I've I've been put on the task force overseeing. You know, kind of it just really overseeing uh, what they're doing and what they're managing and making sure that, that they're still working for the people of the state of Oklahoma, and it's it's been a good relationship. You know, you, you mentioned, obviously, the, the Race for Corporation Commission. One of the things about the Corporation Commission overseas, as you mentioned, really all these various uh, facets of energy, more traditional of, uh, uh, energy, the oil and gas industry, but, but also renewables as, as well as our, our uh, grid and, and our, our utilities. At the end of the day, it, it's, it's about trying to provide uh, reasonable cost uh, energy and other products back to the consumers of the state whether you're talking about individuals, but also the companies that uh, that come into Oklahoma. Oh, absolutely. You know, Oklahoma's known for our low utility prices, and that helps bring businesses to Oklahoma also. Um, you know, I feel like we get some major companies that move here because we have low utility prices. So we've, we've done a good job here in Oklahoma in keeping, you know, in, in being able to have that as a resource. Uh, and you're right. I mean, there's so much that goes into it. Um, and you know, the, something we I totally forgot to mention earlier too is um, you know the earthquakes that we were having there for years. Those, you know, the the Corporation Commission stepped up and and really worked with the Oklahoma Geological Department to find out, uh, and the U.S. Geological Department rather to find out uh, what the cause of those earthquakes were. And there was a lot of concern that it might be fracking, and and then we find out it was uh, just the disposal wells and how much um, how much water was being pumped into the, into the Arbuckle in those disposal wells and once we got a hand you know once the corporation commission was able to get a handle on that and set up what the regulations would be to prevent those earthquakes um, it as you guys well know we very seldom have an earthquake now and if there is one you know we we immediately hone in on on where it's at and if if there's a well nearby and the well is shut down until it's further researched as to what was the cause of that earthquake. So those are the types of things that the, the Corporation Commission does. It's really, you know, it's really an important job. Um, I, had, I had no idea how much they touched until I really started looking into it. And it's about 86% of the economy of the state of Oklahoma is is regulated by the Corporation Commission. You know, all of these different states around the country have have some form or fashion of a corporation commission. Oklahoma uh, set it up a little bit differently. It is a statewide elected position, and uh, you've you've decided to make make that uh, that run. You're you're in a primary race between now and the end of June. Why? Senator, you know, you've, you've given already uh, 12 years of your life to state service, uh, the state, you know, a state senator. 
Why the interest in continuing to serve uh, in this type of elected office? Well, I appreciate the question, Ron. When when I started with the Senate 12 years ago, I I really didn't know what to expect. And the longer I served and the more effective I became, I realized that I really was able to make a difference. And I would like to be able to continue to make a difference for Oklahoma. The Corporation Commission has a huge impact on the economy. And um, I feel like since I've been that policymaker over the last 12 years, I, I understand that relationship between regulations as well as good policy. So um, I'd like to be able to, to use that experience and be able to continue to make a difference. It'll be different you know, now to be on the other side and with the Corporation Commission, but I also, I, I think coming from the legislature, I'll, I'll be able to come over and work with with the other, you know, with the current legislature at that time um, to make sure we've got good policy in place. Senator Kim David with us today here on the Dynamic Decade. Uh, Senator, thank you so much for your time today, and uh, best of best of luck to you as you wrap up this uh, this year in the uh, in the Oklahoma Senate and uh, your run for statewide office as well. Hey, thank you, Ron. I appreciate it very much. And that's your Dynamic Decade. I'm Ron Hayes. We'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us. The Dynamic Decade starts today. 